It's going to blow your mind. Gentlemen, Sith, Jedi, younglings alike, welcome back to Han Talks First. I'm Han, the host of the show, Star Wars podcast. You already know that. You clicked on the video. You clicked on the show. You know what to expect, right? We're talking about Star Wars. We've got a couple things to talk about today. Some news, some comments made about some of the upcoming series, and uh, some comments made by a certain actress from a certain movie. Some great stuff, and I'm excited to be here. Sorry it's a little delayed. The mother called. And when the mother calls, you answer. So I was on the phone with my mom for a little while and lost track of time. But we're here. And uh, we're here to talk about some Star Wars. So hope you guys are having a good week, a good weekend. Uh, it's the start of a new week. And uh, I'm having a pretty good weekend. Really relaxing. We did a karaoke night last night, which was fun. Um, but yeah, welcome. If you're new here, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We do long episodes every week on Sundays on both YouTube, Twitch, and on the podcast stream. And we have other fun videos that drop here and there. And if you're listening on the audio program, feel free to subscribe, follow, rate, and review so you don't miss an episode there as well. And I'd love to know your thoughts on some future episodes and things like that. Um, as far as like other videos on the YouTube channel, I've been pretty bad at it recently. So I, I do have a video ready to be uploaded. I just haven't recorded my voiceover. So I'll I'll try and do it today. It's an unboxing video of the new Star Wars, what are they called? Four specially crafted soap bars um, by Squash. Dr. Squash. So I'll, I'll be doing an unboxing video. I'll probably post it today, honestly. Maybe tonight. We'll see how it goes. But if you're, if you're watching this live, welcome. If you're watching it on the replay, glad you could still catch it at a later time. And thanks for joining us today. If you have thoughts, comments, questions, you can put it in the live feed or in the comments down below or on any social media. I will always get back to you guys. So thanks for that as well. And um, you know, if you enjoy the content today, if you enjoy the content at all, there's a donation option. You can go to streamelements.com slash first slash tip. It's linked below. So no excuses. You can submit your tips to this channel, to the show, and submit questions as well. And we'll always respond to them. So again, welcome. Let's jump right into it. No dilly-dallying, no foreplay. We're going to get right into the nitty-gritty. And we're talking about the Book of Boba Fett. Because there was an exclusive from Collider. And they te- Robert Rodriguez teases that the Book of Boba Fett is going to blow your mind. Now, I have not read this article yet, so I'm going to pull it up on screen. We're going to read it together, and I guess you'll get my reaction from it as well. But it sounds like this show is going to deliver on all fronts. So let's take a look at the article on Collider. Ooh, I do not like that background. Let me change that real quick. That's a little bit more pleasant, don't you think? Star Warsy? Is that cool? All right, so check it out. 
Exclusive. Robert Rodriguez teases the book of Boba Fett. It's going to blow your mind. He also says that I can talk it up all I want because I know it over delivers. So right away, right away, it starts off pretty, pretty ambitious. These are ambitious statements. He knows it over delivers. Now, Robert Rodriguez, of course, directed an episode of last year's Mandalorian season two. It was the episode where Boba Fett came back officially. And, well, you guys know the episode. I don't have to tell you. But he did a great job. It was very grounded and uh, gritty and different than the other episodes we've gotten. And, of course, he is now show running, producing, writing, directing the book of Boba Fett. And he's obsessed with this character. He loves it. And it's the story he wants to tell. So I think it's going to be good. But let's see what this article has to say. All right. Fans of The Mandalorian, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to read that. All right, here we go. So little has been revealed about the Book of Boba Fett since that time. Oops, my text messages. Let me turn that off. Okay. So little has been revealed about the Book of Boba Fett since that time, although we know the show is executive produced by Robert Rodriguez, who directed the Boba Fett episode of The Mandalorian, alongside John Favreau and Dave Filoni, who is the EP of the new series. We also know Ming-Na Wen reprises her role as Fennec Shand in the Book of Boba Fett when the story picks up where it left off in The Mandalorian. That amazing post credit scene, right? So the Book of Boba Fett set to release on Disney Plus in December of this year, Collider's own Steve Weintraub had to ask Robert Rodriguez about what the fans can expect when he spoke with the filmmaker about his work on the Disney Plus Billie Eilish cinematic concert experience. I didn't know he was involved in that. Interesting. So anyway, Rodriguez was understandably tight-lipped about the Star Wars series and is extremely excited for fans to see the show. So here's one thing he says. I can't say anything about it all right now, but it's coming out in December. Wait until you see what's coming. It's going to blow your mind. That's all I can say. I can talk it up all I want because I know it over-delivers. It way over-delivers. People are going to be so pumped when they see it. These words, very encouraging, very encouraging to me. But it's also like, you got a lot of confidence in this, buddy. Which I I believe because he's a great filmmaker and I love his work in the past. Um, But these are strong words. He goes on and says, where is it here? At first, I thought it made the most sense for a series because you could have loads that you could reuse and places you can come back to often that would be impossible to get on a regular basis in a series. I don't know if I would use it very much in a movie where it's just one-off scenes that are done. They're only a couple minutes long and then you never go back to the location again, like a sequel to We Can Be Heroes. Even I was thinking, would I even use the volume or would I shoot a traditional green screen again because I got some pretty cool stuff. So he's talking about the volume, the technology being used. We do know that it looked great in the Mandalorian, obviously. Now they're going to be using it for looks like all their Star Wars stuff because Obi-Wan is shooting on it. I don't know if Andor is shooting on the volume or not, but quite possibly could be. But the Book of Boba Fett is, in fact, shooting on the volume. So that's pretty cool to hear as well. It looks like the last two things he says here. Um, What's different about the volume is you still have to do the work of the visual effects. It's just, am I going to do it before I shoot or am I going to do it after? On a TV series, you can pretty much figure out where you're going to need these certain things. On a movie, I like a green screen more. So I can put what I, what things, 
so I can punt what that thing's going to look like until later. I can kind of start lining the foreground with the kids. 11 kids in the foreground, I can light that on a set and then really dial in the background later. Okay, I don't really understand what he's talking about. <laughs> um, but I think he's just generally talking about on a, on a movie, he prefers green screen because he can do all the, all the post-production work afterwards and have to work on lighting afterwards. But when it comes to the volume technology, it all has to be done in frame. So while they're shooting it. So it, it sounds like it, it's an experience for him trying to figure out how to navigate this new technology. And I think the last thing he says here about the book of Boba Fett is if I did that in a volume, I'd have to figure out all pre-production. That means that it pushes your movie shoot date really far back. If you have little kids, those kids are going to be so old by the time you finish all your pre-production. So it kind of depends on the movie, the show, and the tool. John Favreau found the best way to use the Mandalorian, and now Boba Fett. I think that was a really great thing, but I don't think it's necessarily a tool that fits every project. So I agree with that statement. This is mainly just about the volume. It's not really about the book of Boba Fett, but Anyway, the big takeaway from this, of course, is him saying that it's going to blow people's minds. So with this being said, what can we expect from this show that is going to blow our minds? What about Boba Fett's story that has yet to be told is mind-blowing? Well, to be honest with you, I, you know, before The Mandalorian, I was never really a fan of Boba Fett. I didn't understand the appeal thought he was kind of overhyped as a character. I mean, yeah, he looked cool, um, but I never I never understood it. And to be honest with you, I never liked Mandalorians, those characters. Every time the Mandalorian episodes of Clone Wars would come on, I was always like, oh, really? We're going back to this? And I don't really have a reason. You know, I, I, think, I think mainly just because when I watch Star Wars, I want lightsabers, you know, as far as like a visual thing and Darth Vader and I don't know, Jedi, Sith, the cool stuff. Um, but the book, the Mandalorian changed my mind and I started to really like Boba Fett again. And as far as Mandalorians, I actually really started to grow on them when Star Wars Rebels came out. Because I think Rebels handled Mandalore, Mandalorians a lot better than the Clone Wars did, which is, they're both Dave Filoni, so it, it, you know it's not a competitive thing, but um, Rebels was really special to me. But now they're both growing on me. And I, I really, what about the series is going to be mind-blowing? You know, is it, it's, it's obviously picking up where it left off at the end of Mandalorian Season 2, as stated in the article. And so it sounds like it's going to be kind of a prelude into the Mandalorian Season 3, which is speculated to be taking on storylines from Heir to the Empire and also taking on storylines from the comics and old legend stuff where the the man the what was it called the siege of Mantle Mandalore the Uzan Vong might come in all this crazy stuff when we, in actuality we don't know what's going to happen and so there's tons of great possibilities that could and I think the thing here is trying to figure out what's going to happen we do know that there will be flashbacks to younger Boba Fett during the time of the Empire there was a leak from not a leak it was either John Favreau or Robert Rodriguez said that they were going back to Cloud City and they were going to show some other stuff, some other footage from that. And of course, addressing how he survived the Sarlacc pit, which I think is one of the questions most of us are most looking forward to. I'm going to take a look here in the chat and see who's joining us today. Looks like we have a couple people here with us live. Welcome. 
to those of you watching on Twitch and on YouTube, um, glad to see you guys here. Rule Farm Boy is here. Jack Brody is here. Super Tenor is here. Max is here. Robin is here. And to those of you on Twitch, I cannot see your names, but I can see you're there. So welcome. Um, good to see you all here. I can see a couple hello there's. A couple that I'm very excited for Book of Boba Fett's. Very nice. Rural Farm Boy says, in my opinion, Han, we ain't ready for it. We ain't ready for it. I love the way Rural Farm Boy types out his messages because it it really sounds like a Rural Farm Boy. Jack says the show is going to be a whole different vibe. I think so too. It's going to be. It's going to have. A, it's going to look and feel different. The texture of the Book of Boba Fett is going to be. It's going to be different. Different vibe, just as you said, Jack. I totally agree. Max says, to be honest, I think the comments from Robert Rodriguez are a little bis PR or a little bit PR, a little bit public relations. Um, yeah, I can see that too. I mean, he's he, he's part of his job is to hype up the movie, right? Uh, campaigning the movie and or the show, excuse me. It's coming out in December. I always get it confused, movie television, but yes, part of it is a little PR. It's it's his project. It's his baby. When you're working on something, you're creating something, you grow attached to it. So, of course, he loves it. Probably blow his mind, right? But, um, yeah, a little PRE, I agree. You know, I don't like to get too excited for television shows or movies before they come out. Star Wars is a different game, of course. But, yes, these comments, while they are, you know, mind-blowing and ambitious, I think we still have to go in. We have to speculate responsibly and we have to go in with reasonable expectations so we don't get disappointed. Uh, Rule Farm Boy says PRR is one of us and he knows what this is. He's telling us we're not ready. I don't think we're ready. I'm not ready. I'm never ready. I mean, look at me. I was I was an hour late today. So <laughs> what's up? I am cautiously excited. I still don't fully trust Disney. And that is coming from Super Tenor. So I'm curious, what um, is it from the television side or just overall Disney ownership of, of Star Wars uh, that you're a little um, untrustworthy about? So, But yes, cautiously excited. It's kind of what we just talked about. Go in with reasonable expectations or even really low expectations so you're not disappointed, right? That's one way to do it. But uh, yeah, what's up? It's good to see you, my friend. Welcome. Robin's at work, but she here. It's okay, Robin. Um, I think that someone said they're going back to episode five and show more of Cloud City. Yes, that's what I heard too, Max. And Jack says, I wouldn't be surprised if it starts off with Boba delivering Han to Boba post Empire Strikes Back. With Boba delivering Han to Jabba? Is that what you meant? To Jabba post Empire Strikes Back? That'd be cool. We actually get to see the delivery. That would be an, that would be that would be a pretty cool opening. I agree, definitely. But throw in your theories. Like, what what else can we expect from this show? I'm curious to know your thoughts. I, I you know, there's the Boba Fett character is still kind of new on a in a visual medium on the movies, television. We really don't know anything about him. And if if you're looking at it from not a comic book perspective, not a book perspective, just TV and movies. There's so much empty space that we can fill. So I think the possibilities are endless. And I can't wait. Um, before I address some of the other theories and speculation of this too, I did want to jump into a different topic. 
Um, and then we'll come back to Boba Fett in a second. But there were some interesting comments made by Thandie Newton. Thandie Newton, of course, is an actress who played, I think it's her name was Val in Solo, A Star Wars Story. And she was promoting a new movie she's in, Reminiscence, I believe. And in that interview, she was kind of dissing Disney, kind of dissing Solo and the way they treat their persons of color characters. And I haven't read this article either. Again, it's another thing I wanted to kind of react to here. But just so you guys know, there's some language in this in her comments. Just a fair warning. I mean, yeah, we curse on the show all the time, but I just don't want anyone to be offended because these are these are direct insults. So let's let's take a look here if I can figure out how to share my screen. There we go. All right. So Thandi Newton speaks out on her Star Wars death, quote, a big mistake. And the subtitle of this article is a quote from her saying, are you fucking joking? All right. Let's see what we're getting into here. <laughs> uh, let's see. So blah, blah, blah. She's best known for Westworld, etc. Where are the Star Wars stuff? Here we go. So she even made a pop culture, made pop culture history playing Val in 2018 Solo, A Star Wars Story, though this last experience was not an entirely positive one. And Newton doesn't hold back as to the reasons why. You don't kill off the first black woman to ever have a real role in a Star Wars movie, she says. Like, are you fucking joking? That solo plot point wasn't even what Newton signed on for. And she says the decision to kill Val was made for dubious reasons. What? What is going on? So that's the opening here. And let me go and find the actual paragraph talking all about Solo. So here we go. All right. So on Solo and how Star Wars failed, it's first woman of color protagonist. Now, again, I have not read this yet, so I'm reading it with you. And then we can talk about our feelings on it. So let's let's see what she had to say. So I felt disappointed by Star Wars that my character was killed. And actually, in the script, she wasn't killed. It happened during filming. And it was much more just to do with the time we had to do the scenes. It's much easier just to have me die than it is to have me fall into a vacuum of space so I can come back sometime. So the takeaway quote is, in the script, Val wasn't killed. It happened during filming. So let's kind of recap here, because to be honest with you, I do not remember much of Solo. Um, but I do remember her death scene. It was like on a bridge and the train came by and she let go and blew up, I think. I don't I don't really remember. You guys can correct me on that. Um, I have to go back and watch this again at some point because I just don't remember. But it's, it, according to her... In the original script, she didn't die, but instead, I guess, fell a great height and potentially survived, but it wasn't it wasn't clear. So I guess I guess she's a Jedi. She's a Jedi or she's Emperor Palpatine because, uh, you know, those two fall from great heights and survive. So maybe Val is a secret Sith. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that's interesting. I didn't know that fun fact that she actually wasn't killed 
in a, a literal sense um, on screen originally. Um, but let's go on and see what else she has to say about this. So that's what it originally was that the explosion and she falls out and you don't know where she's gone. So I could have come back at some point, but what we came to, but when we came to filming as far as I was concerned and was aware, when it came to filming that scene, it was too huge a set piece to create. So they just had me blow up and I'm done. But I remember it at the time thinking this is a big, big mistake, not because of me, not because I wanted to come back. You don't kill off your first black woman to ever have a real role in the Star Wars movie. Like, are you fucking joking? And it looks like that's all she had to say on that. So, okay. First of all, if she had a big problem with this, as she says during filming, why not bring it up on set? Um, Because something like that just kind of sounds like if it was so easy to just add in, it would have been just as easy to take away if someone had a problem with it. But it sounds like she kind of kept to herself and didn't really bring it up to anybody. Now, the thing about um, the character Val in Solo was, I don't really think was a very important character at all. Most of the the crew that was hanging around Han and Chewie weren't really that important. And if they all died... All, all of them died, didn't they? The four-armed guy, Val, uh, Woody Harrelson's character, who I can't, Beckett, and if there was another one, they died too. I can't remember. Oh my goodness. Everyone's calling me right now. Um, but yeah, they all died. So I think in, in a way, for all the characters to die, that kind of serves the story a little bit. A lot of people don't like the story. A lot of people don't like the movie Solo. Totally understandable. I don't think it's awful, but I don't think it was good. Um, but yeah, it, it, they all died. So I, I don't see it as, an, as singling out that the first woman of color is killed in a Star Wars movie or a woman of, what, are they, what, are they, what does she call it? A first woman of color protagonist. So I don't think it was intentional as she kind of makes it out to be. Um, she came in, she did her part, her story was told and then she died. But not only her, Everyone else in that crew died and it kind of builds that story a little bit more to show how how dangerous these missions are that they're doing that, you know, it's a life or death thing. Um, So I I don't really think it's about a a person of color issue here. I I think it's just about kind of understanding the story. And of course, it's always about actors negotiating what role they have. And if she was promised a character that lives, then that's the issue. Then I can totally see that being an issue. But as far as like, the character itself dying, I don't think it makes a difference either way. And Solo's not getting a sequel nor a reboot, so I don't think it was anything to worry about regardless. Uh, I don't think we'll see any of these characters come back anytime soon anyway. But as far as like uh, continuing a character, you can always do prequel or a side story or something. So there is ways for characters to come back. We see it. Or fucking Palpatine, you know? She could just, uh, you know, maybe she... They introduce a storyline where she <laughs> um, was friends with Palpatine and she knows how to come back from death just like him as a clone. That's the story. That's the story right there. So Val, Val and Palpatine had a relationship years ago and it was actually a loving relationship. And she's actually the, mo- the grandmother of Ray 
totally kidding. That was really far fetched. <laughs> I'm just trying to find some uh uh I don't know, funny way to make it funny. Um Let me see what you guys are saying here. So Val was trapped by Viper probe droids and she had nowhere to go. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. And did she just fall to her death or did she blow up? I can't I can't remember. She played the character. The character ain't hers. The character belongs to the storyteller. Storyteller's choice to change the story as it's being told. Yeah, rural farm boy, I totally agree with you. I think that's I think that's what happened. I think they just um I just don't I don't think she realized the 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 full story. I think she was taking it personally, which I don't think this was a personal statement by Disney or by the storytellers. I think she literally uh it was that was the story that should have been told, you know? I, everyone died. They all died. So because she's a person of color it doesn't make it a, a special situation that or like Disney was calling her out or something, you know. I I I, I, I get why she's upset, but at the same time, it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't these strong words, you know, when you use language like that, um, you know, are you a fucking joke? She's, she's calling out Disney and for reasons that I think are kind of a little bit too much at the, at the time. Um, Max is like, personally wasn't really interested in the Val character. And I think her reaction is a little bit over the top, but it's her opinion. So if she thinks so, it's okay. Yeah, the Val character, I didn't like. I mean, I didn't like Solo. <laughs> I didn't like any of the characters, honestly, um, except for Dryden Voss. I think he was cool. I, I think he was kind of poorly told, but he was relatively cool, a relatively cool character. Max says, yes, she died on the bridge. Thank you. Um, Val and Palpatine, love it. Max says, Han, you should definitely tell your Val story to Disney. <laughs> so that's my that's my next fan fiction. I'm going to do a video on it tomorrow. It's going to be the origins of Ray's grandmother, who is Val. She got busy with Palpatine in the early age of the Empire. They got busy. You know, they had a, a baby and that baby had a baby and that was Ray. And um then we just solved the the mystery of the Skywalker saga. It's all there. And Beckett was having like, you know, some trouble because Palpatine wouldn't leave her alone after they broke up. And so they were they were fighting. And it's this whole thing. It's like, you know, a love triangle with Beckett, the Emperor, and with Val. It's just so messy. So yeah. Val's coming back from the dead. She's coming back from the dead. She's going to be the star of episode 10, Star Wars episode 10. And her character will be revitalized. She'll be a she'll be a clone, and um, she's going to take over the galaxy. What, what else can I say? <laughs> I'm glad some of you appreciate my humor. But yeah, that's it for that story. Really, nothing to talk about. Um, actually, there was one more thing. There was one more thing. Let me see if I can find it here. Let me see if I can find it. So. Uh, just so you guys know, if you do not want spoilers for Obi-Wan Kenobi, just look away or turn off the podcast for like three minutes or two or three minutes. I'm going to show some photos that are apparently quotations leaked photos 
of concept art from Obi-Wan Kenobi. I stress the quotations because I do not believe these are real. I mean, yes, they exist, but I do not believe they were official concept arts for the new Obi-Wan series. So I'm going to show them on screen right now. Again, if you don't want to see it, just look away or blind the computer. So here's the first one. And this is a picture of Anakin Skywalker as Darth Vader in a um, set up kind of levitating with machines around him. And it's got the star Wars Newsnet water logo all over it, which is one reason why I don't think this is legit. And also because the concept art is kind of bad. I mean, every, every time we see concept art from, from Lucasfilm, it's usually like really good concept art. Like they stand alone and they usually use them as key frames in the final product. And another picture was this of a bathtub tank. Again, it looks kind of bad. It looks like someone made it really quickly on Photoshop. And it's there's nothing to see here. It's just kind of it's an empty tank. And then the final one is a picture of Anakin's breathing. Uh, what is it called? Respirator breathing mask that he would use in the bathtub tank. So I don't believe these are real image, uh, real images from Lucasfilm. I do think we'll get something similar to this in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, but I definitely don't think these are legitimate. Also because it has the Star Wars Newsnet watermark all over it. So take this with a grain of sand. A big grain of sand. Um... But yeah, that was that. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think these are legit? Do you think these are real concept pieces? Oh, Rural Farm Boy says these are artist renders from photos Star Wars Newsnet has. Oh, the concept art looks like Vader in Rogue One in the castle on Mustafar, but I'm not sure if it's real. Max, that was a lot of uh, prepositions you put in that. <laughs> The concept art looks like Vader in Rogue One in his castle on Mustafar. <laughs> that was hard to read, but I got you. I got you. Um, and yes, Max, the new title for Episode 10 is Star Wars Episode 10, The Rise of Val. Um, Super Tenor says that High Republic concept art was not good. <laughs> I Actually, you know what? This actually looks pretty similar to... Um, the High Republic concept art, now that you mention it, because they're both kind of similar in design and uh, texture, but I agree. I don't. I didn't care for the High Republic concept art either. Uh, Rural Farm Boy says, John Joey did the article and said as much. Um, oh, Hoey. So I, I know this is from their article. I don't, I don't read that site a lot. Um, but hey, if they if it, they have sources that say this is an artist render of what what's going to happen, um, they usually have pretty good sources. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, regardless, I think if you know if if there's something to put out that's a leak or a spoiler or something to get people hyped, I want it, I, wish, I just want it to look really good, you know. So part of me is kind of like just not accepting it because I'm spoil I'm a spoiled brat, so. <laughs> We'll have to see. Anyway, as far as um, as far as overall news, that's really it. There's really not much going on right now. We're in we're in a dead zone of Star Wars news. But there was one thing going on on Twitter a lot. If you guys remember last Friday, the new 
episode of the gallery premiered on Disney plus. It talked about the Luke Skywalker episode. And since that people have been talking about how, because Dave Filoni made a comment saying, um, you guys need to remember that Ahsoka is Luke's senior. She's older. She's been a Jedi a lot longer. So there's an interesting question to be asked is, could she beat Luke in a fight? So a lot of people on Twitter have been speculating who would win in a fight, Luke versus Ahsoka. And I kind of want to know uh, your guys' thoughts. If, if you want to share in the comments, who do you think would win in a fight versus Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano? It's a very interesting question and something that I've been thinking about for a little bit. And it is a hard question, but my answer is ultimately Luke Skywalker. Yes, Ahsoka is older. Yes, Ahsoka has trained a lot more. But you also need to remember that Ahsoka is does not like being a Jedi, right? She left the Order. She doesn't understand their rules, at least the old ways. And we don't know what she's been up to, for the most part, since the ending of her time in the Clone Wars. Yes, with Rebels. Yes, in the Mandalorian. But has she really been studying like she used to? Has she really been training? Has she been disciplining herself in the ways of the Force as much as she used to? It's hard to say. Luke, on the other hand, we do know, wants to embrace the Jedi, bring it back, study, train, discipline himself. And so in that sense, I think Luke could win. And the advantage is also being that he is younger than Ahsoka. He would have more agility. He would have... um, you know, uh, more energy, uh, probably a lot, lot stronger than her as well. There is an argument to be made that maybe Ahsoka would be a better swordsman. So in a lightsaber duel, maybe Ahsoka would win. But because they're Jedi, they also have the Force. And I think Luke would be more powerful in the Force than Ahsoka. And another reason for that would be Luke Skywalker has the ability to commune with the dead. Ahsoka, I could be wrong. I don't remember. I don't think she has that power yet. Luke communicated with Obi-Wan. Luke was able to communicate with Vader. And also Yoda. People who have passed on into the ethereal world. And I don't think Ahsoka has reached that point yet. So already Luke has so much inside of him that makes him more powerful in the force i guess it's a it's an interesting argument to have max says that luke would win against ahsoka just because luke is a jedi master and has had his own jedi academy that's true too he's he's spent time training other jedi so he has experience as a teacher so patient stuff like that rule farm boy says that each has had different experiences neither's better nor worse than the other in my opinion I totally agree with that statement. I don't think I, I think they're just different, ex- exactly as you put it. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm going to put it to you this way. Here's my my allegory. So I'm a musician, uh, as most of you know, and my primary instrument is guitar. I like to think of myself as a pretty good guitar player, but there's all but always somebody better, always someone better at you at guitar. Now. I might have a very good grasp on how to write 
arrangements in chords. And someone who's better at me in shredding might not have that power that I have when it comes to writing chord progressions. But they can shred way better than I can. So it's, it's like a balancing thing. So it's another interesting uh, point of view as well. Super Tenor says, Ahsoka and Ahsoka on Oxygen could beat The Last Jedi Luke. Wait, what? Ahsoka on Oxygen? What does that mean? I'm sorry, I thought I passed all of my The Last Jedi baggage. <laughs> look, look, that's a lot of baggage from The Last Jedi. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still emptying out my cargo plane full of Last Jedi baggage. So don't, don't apologize to that. Look, it, it's Ahsoka on Oxygen could beat The Last Jedi Luke. I don't understand what that means, but I think I agree with you. <laughs> um, one more thing uh, about this Boba Fett stuff. So, you know, it's it's exciting to hear. Again, I think it, they're very ambitious words that it's that this show is going to blow our mind. Of course it is. It's Star Wars. Everything Star Wars blows our mind. Every time we get a new behind-the-scenes video, it blows our mind, right? So, of course, of course our minds are going to be blown, and I'm ready to be blown. That came across the wrong way, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so look, that's that's really all I have for you guys today. Uh, I, oh, here we go. Super Tenor says, but really, neither Ahsoka or Luke could be turned dark, so they'd never fight. Um, that's another interesting question. Could Ahsoka be turned to the dark side? That's something else I would have to think about. I think Luke could be turned to the dark side, honestly. Um, well, actually, no. No, I don't. I can't remember. Do you guys remember in the original ending of when they were writing Return of the Jedi? I think it was Lawrence Kasdan who suggested Luke turns to the dark side and puts on Darth Vader's mask and says, now I am Darth Vader. I think that was Lawrence Kasdan, right? And then George Lucas said, no, I don't want to do that. It's a happy ending and Luke wouldn't do that type of thing. So, yeah, maybe Luke would not turn to the dark side. I kind of base my opinions on things on like what George Lucas would think since he is the the all theater. <laughs> Max, thanks for. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's that's really all I have for you guys today. I do want to mention again that starting probably tonight, I'm going to post my unboxing video of the Star Wars soaps. They smell really good. It smells really good. There's an Obi-Wan. There's actually, let me just show you here. Let me just show you, get a little sneak peek. One sec. The box, obviously. And it comes with four different soaps in it. Beautiful packaging. Here's an Obi-Wan, the only hope soap, which is kind of cool. There's a wisdom wash, which is Yoda, obviously. There is a dark side scrub with Darth Vader. And there's a Darth Maul with called the, the Ruthless Rinse. They smell really great. They're very strong. And it was a gift from Chris. So you guys can thank Chris for a little bonus content coming a little bit later today. And I'll give you my like review as well because there, I, do have, I do have one small problem with the soaps. It's very small. It's very nitpicky, but <laughs> I'll tell you about that in a little bit too. Um, but hey, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching the show and listening on the podcast feed. 
Um, I had a lot of fun, you know, just talking and getting some news from Book of Boba Fett and stuff like that. Feel free to leave a comment down below if you're watching this video later or hit me up on social media at Han Talks First. And of course, we'll be back next week with another episode. And I'm trying to get a guest in here. I'm trying to get a guest booked on the show. It's just a timing issue. So hopefully they will join me on Sunday and we can chat some more. Um, but yeah, sorry, I haven't been too active on social media. It's, I've, I've had an insanely busy schedule recently and just trying to find time and make it all work. But that's the stream for today, everybody. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And I can't wait to do it again. And until next time, my friends, now, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.